Alchemist in the Making would like to acknowledge the Wurundjeri Woi Wurrung Boon people and Gadigal people as the traditional owners of the land which this podcast is being curated and recorded. We'd also like to pay our respects to all First Nations elders past and present and extend that respect to all First Nations people who may be listening in on our conversation today while celebrating their continuing connection to land and water. As we are here today to listen and share, we hope that this will inspire everyone who is listening to dedicate a time and space to listen to our First Nations people's stories, for it always was and always will be Aboriginal land. Hey there, just a little heads up that where we were recording, unfortunately, it was quite a gloomy day and so we had a bit of thunder and rain in the background. So apologies for those who may be wearing headphones and be surprised by the jump. In the meantime, hope you enjoy our conversation. everybody, welcome to another episode of the Archivist Podcast, which is an extension of the blog Archivist in Making. I'm your host, Kimberly Ho, an architecture graduate and writer who is interested in architecture's intersection with anything and everything. So this is season four here of Phenomena, which explores the coming of age. Well, more like a departure from the coming of age of my uni days while studying architecture. In this special, I have invited a friend, Sophie Lanigan, to talk about her latest achievement, which is the set publication. And for those who have been following me on my Instagram for a bit, you may have noticed I have mentioned it a few times. So I have participated in this collaboration and I thought it would be nice to talk to Sophie about it and see how it goes. But before we get started, Sophie, could I please get you to introduce yourself to our audience? Mm -hmm. Well, hi, and thanks so much, Kimberly, for having me on your wonderful podcast. It's really exciting to be able to speak with you about Scent, particularly as you were a contributor about a year ago, I think now. Yeah, so my name's Sophie Lanigan, and I'm a researcher and designer based in Sydney on Gadigal land. And my research basically is about the intersection of architecture and the climate crisis, but as a way of kind of accessing this as a foundation, I really wanted to include more people in the discussion about space. And so Scent, a publication co-published with Post in 2021, was a way of bringing together a chorus of voices to just try and see what's out there. And not everyone necessarily spoke about the environment, but just generally, how do people concern themselves with space? Mm, that's really yeah. in depth so that's a great way to start I think I'll begin with the conversation is so evidently you want to bring together like an ensemble of people to talk about space and their experience yeah. of space mm-hmm. um can I ask how did that come about because evidently you could have just interviewed there's plenty of ways to gather different voices so you've seen people doing documentaries interviews so how did scent happen mm-hmm. and um yeah, how did you begin this project from ground up? Absolutely. So I, I lived in London in 2017 and 2018, and there's actually a really amazing community of architects or designers that participate in the discipline beyond working in a practice. They, you know, are curators or researchers, um, these sorts of things. And while that does exist in Australia, it doesn't exist to the same extent. And I think there's just a lot of less there's a lot less like smaller projects like of course you've got this fantastic podcast and 
sent with something, but there isn't that like, you know, critical mass of people doing work. But regardless of this, I basically just wanted to throw my hat in the ring. So with the sort of idea of inclusion and diversity in mind, I thought the postcard was a really accessible format. It was, you know, half, it equally prioritised the image and writing, which I think, you know, together are a really effective medium of communication and something that, you know, as architects we often try and do whether we're responding to a brief in text as well as the visual representation or if it's a more analytical text piece or something like this. So the postcard also was small enough that it forced overwhelming ideas to be made accessible in a tight, punchy format, but at the same time it gave a platform to sort of fledgling ideas. It gave them a space to, you know, exercise themselves. So, you know, once I had the idea of the format and this idea of bringing lots of people together, I just did the first one. I wrote the first one as an abstract for the whole project. Mm-hmm. And my um, partner, Max, did the drawing on the front of a cow and a duck. And then from there, we just, you know, went forward. I just went forward and tried to get one as one each time. I think there's something really special about a postcard in itself. As you said, like it forces people to work within the limitations because sometimes even though limitations are a little bit annoying, it breeds creativity. It's one of the mm. best bases to breed creativity. For sure. Yeah, and I really like, um, it's quite of nostalgic, I would say, because when I was contributing to that project, it was interesting in that, like, it makes me think about that childhood excitement that you have, so. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, who doesn't love getting mail when it's not a bill (laughs) or something else? Mm -hmm. It's so fun. It's so fun to see a picture and read a little note. Yeah, I love writing letters, so Mm. when I was introduced to this project by Bridget Nathan from doing interviews, I was immediately sold, except I thought... (laughs) sent was actually sent for some reason I was thinking (laughs) so it took me a while to just try and find your project like where do I get I know honestly I think in the future I'd choose a word for the project that's not a homonym (laughs) it would be easier to find yeah I would like to ask like uh in terms of your collaborator engagement what type of people were generally drawn to your project because I know you wanted to reach out to a lot of people but did you have a specific audience in mind or were you expecting a certain group of people coming to you yeah absolutely um I guess it was sort of half half there were people that approached me and I was always so thankful to hear from them but at the same time, I think in my role as the founding editor or the curator, or however you'd like to view this, um, it was sort of my job to set a path for the text or for the publication that would make sense overall. And so I would also reach out to people that I wanted to get in touch with or whose work was particularly interesting to me and whose ideas I wanted to hear more about. So it was definitely a combination from start to finish. But of course, when the project was just starting out, I mean, I've never done anything like this before. It was, I've done some smaller exhibitions or designed sets or this sorts of thing, but I've never done a project at the scale. So at the beginning, I completely relied on the help of my friends and I, you know, without them, it just would not have got off the ground. So that I will always be very thankful. In that sense, though, it was an advantage because then it challenged how people would write as well, because... 
I guess when I first came across it, my initial thought was you most likely had a lot of people who were involved in architecture because evidently I was in architecture. Yeah. And the person who introduced it to me was in the world of architecture. But then when you start branching out to different types of groups, then there's this beautiful, you can say, publication of different vocabularies and how people turn words um, and how they interpret their words as well. So there's something really nice to see in that yeah I couldn't agree with you more I guess you know asking people who didn't work in design and looking particularly at how their vocabulary around space was so interesting because through the words that they chose to use they were like slightly they were interpreted slightly differently in their texts and there was no I think often with a text that like a design text you know you set your definitions out at the start and then you go forward from that so there's a really consistent sort of understanding or narrative throughout but I think that allowing people to have different definitions made the pieces even more distinct. How was the editing process for you then given Mm -hmm. that different people had different ways of interpreting words? Yeah that's a great question it was actually something that was probably where I learned the most because, you know, everything, I, I, I really wanted everybody to feel like what they had written or what they wanted to say was communicated. But at the same time, things needed to kind of like make sense or appeal to that broader audience that I was going for. So I think that I tried to do a, quite a light touch with the editing or work kind of collaboratively with the you know, the contributor on what, if we needed to make some significant changes. Was there any surprises that came out of the editing process, like things that you think like, oh, I've never thought of it that way, or uh, just perhaps like pieces that left a huge, I would say like left a huge impact on you? Yeah, totally. Um, I think that from the editing process, I think I came up the curve quickly in learning about how to talk to people or, you know, assume a role of a editor you know in a creative sort of setting mm-hmm. often the pieces I guess that stood out to me were the ones that were kind of surprising like so for instance we had an ICU nurse write about the different intimacies of various corridors or various rooms mm-hmm. uh, within the hospital and how it's you know her place of work but where like humongously life-changing events occur for the people that go there whether it be an illness or a death or something like that so I think her one was really interesting to me and I think in our current pandemic climate you know just having a bit of insight from someone that is not a designer reflecting on hospitals but someone that goes there every day to work was really interesting yeah I'm amazed that even somebody from the health industry can come in and join it and that just makes this project even more special is that again talking about diversity because I was reading uh, this one I was just reading this humans of New York oh yeah post and he said like you'd always talk about diversity unfortunately there are people who do are feeling left out but because you've left this platform so open and I think there was something so how do I say the social media for scent was very effective I think just the way I would say because you categorize them so then yeah it allowed people to resonate with certain categories. Totally. Yeah, yeah, totally. I think that was um, definitely one thing that I 
developed throughout the project. The first 50 or 1 to 49 mm-hmm. were just sort of an open call, a general theme. Whoa, sorry, that was a bit of thunder. <laughs> okay. um, but then following on from that, people were uh, yeah, asked to respond to a particular theme. The 50s were body, the 60s were digital, the 70s were economics or power, the 80s were the environment and the 90s were love letters to space. Mm-hmm. And in doing that, it kind of focused who I would call out to. It was easier for people to approach me. But yeah, it did leave the platform open, which was nice. Then having said that, you curated the word aspect because as you mentioned before you have done a bit of curation previously now curating words then do you think that you would say I'm just going to put this in air quotes successfully called in the types of people that you want throughout each category yeah I'm really pleased with how each category went because I think often it wasn't all the obvious contenders for each category Mm -hmm. um, but still people that were relevant so in the body category, for example, we had photographers or artists from Melbourne, Honey Long and Prue Stent, and their work takes the female body as kind of one of its main focuses. But we also had um, this ICU nurse that I was telling you about just before. I think if I um, could have had extra, I would have loved to have a, a coder or someone that does like literally writes the code for the internet or whatever for computers. Mm. But elusive mm, could be could be like I don't know your sequel or like the yeah, next maybe. volume yeah. of your project because I think something that I guess like evidently I guess this podcast is mainly for people in the architecture sphere I think it's this project is a very good example of how to include people in terms of describing because recently had another conversation for another podcast and uh, this was with Rachel Bernstein and she was talking about how Unfortunately, we're not really taught to, again, in quotes, market ourselves really well. And I think for us, I guess, if I can say that we're both from the design industry, often that we're so boxed in into one set of way of saying things that it's very hard for us to reach out to people. And as much as we want to reach out to other people, it unfortunately ostracizes ourselves from other communities. Totally, totally agree with that. I think that, you know, in a way, just trying to use less complex or specific language to explain what really are quite simple ideas most of the time, to be honest, can be a way of accessing other people or just also asking them for their first-hand experience and asking them to reflect on that. And I think that was probably one of the best ways to get more people to join in is to ask for a first-hand recount of their personal experience or uh, sort of observations of space and then go forward from there. If anything, my experience with participating in this project was actually the imagery aspect of it. With oh, words, true. I find writing a little bit more <laughs> easier in yeah. comparison to imagery, which is very ironic for myself. True. Um, okay, so then carrying on that reflection, then do you think you've, well, you've had collaborators who thrived in the world of words, but then, or like, did, have they expressed like particular challenges when they were participating in the project themselves? So what I'm saying is that, how I said that I find finding the imagery so getting the postcard image so I that was I think I spent more time in trying to give you the image of the postcard in comparison to giving you the text so have you had people who had a similar experience in that or was it more like words that they struggled with oh absolutely I think that the people who were from 
outside architecture found it easier to write. Mm-hmm. The people who are artists or architects had no problem of doing the image. It was, you know, something that I think perhaps they did first or, mm-hmm. um, you know, built on from an existing image that they had. Whereas the people that I asked to join in, I think found it like maybe slightly more challenging or they didn't really know how to produce their own in- image that wasn't necessarily a photograph or they didn't feel confident enough to draw something. But honestly, I was I was happy to take most images because I think that the visual aspect had to represent the diversity as much as the textual aspect of it. If that's the case, that kind of does make sense because, again, mm-hmm. like people from the design or the artistic aspects, I guess visual imagery is more evident in comparison to words per se. <laughs> yeah, true. So moving on then, like, it's growing you're gaining more traction and how was that reception like did it just grow naturally even though you said that you categorized them so that you knew who to call for um but in terms of getting a lot of expression of interest how did you filter through like did you have to filter through that because I'd imagine like it was growing really well and it is still growing very well then do you have you had times where you have to unfortunately say no to people Um, yes which is just so tricky and it's something I do not enjoy at all saying Mm -hmm. no but that's kind of I guess a good thing that there's so much good work coming in that the project had enough interest to you know that there was like a surplus of ideas basically yeah which is kind of a nice idea um (laughs) But, yeah, I guess as the project started in September 2019 mm-hmm. and the last postcard was sent um, in July 2021, mm. so there was a good 18 months there of, you know, seeking postcards. And I think because of the nature of the project where so many people were brought in to be a part of it, it did sort of grow organically over time. Mm. But it was really based on Instagram. My initial idea for the project, because it started pre-pandemic, was that every week I would print out the postcard and then take it to, like, cafes and, you know, theatres, they've got those racks of postcards outside the front of the art gallery and all this sort of stuff. But obviously, you know, it's no point doing that if there's no one going there and we're locked down. So that's why it became a purely digital project for the majority of the time. But in a way that was kind of nice because it opened it up to a more international audience and even an interstate audience that I wouldn't have otherwise been able to reach. Yeah, I was going to actually ask if you did consider, like, scattering those postcards. I'm so sorry you've kind of taken the question (laughs) out of me, which is great and all. Even though you weren't able to do what you wanted to do in terms of the physical aspect of it, it did Mm -hmm. manifest into a physical publication. So are you able to share with us how did, well, did Post reach out to you or or was it vice versa in terms of getting this publication happening? So I reached out to Post (laughs) in probably June or July 2021. So it was quite a quick turnaround from engaging them to the publication landing on the shelves. And they were fantastic. They were um, much further along as they've published a few things before and really could help me through the whole process because it's not something I've obviously done before myself. Yeah, what were the challenges or like things that were unexpected? Were there any unexpected outcomes during the whole process of it? Um, I think there were a variety of unexpected outcomes, but I think that they actually 
were for the better. We never wanted the book to be bound because I think you lose a sense of play when mm-hmm. they're all stuck together and you can't like flip the postcards around properly and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So we knew we wanted to do that from the start, but how that would be delivered, whether it would be in an envelope or a box or some sort of other packaging was the sort of trickiest part, I guess. It's almost like how diamonds are made under that extreme pressure. <laughs> you know, when when the deadlines are just coming at you so quickly, you just choose and then I think it makes better decisions overall. Yeah. Well, if that's the case, I guess you can say that some people work better under pressure and I think like the yeah, publication true. itself turned out for the better because yes, it was, you have to make snap decisions. Yeah, which is kind of great. I like I like to work quickly under pressure. Mm. So mm. I was like really happy to just yeah. go for it. Going forward now, now that I guess the first chapter of Sout has been rounded out, I wouldn't mm-hmm. say that it has been closed because I think there is still, it's still an ongoing project. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you think it has informed you as a designer and as a researcher? It's definitely been extremely valuable in you know running a project from start to finish and executing it but also like dealing with the budget dealing with putting on the exhibition but catering the exhibition as well Mm -hmm. installing the exhibition distributing the text contacting suppliers you know contacting bookshops all of these things so I think that it's provided me with a lot of skills to communicate my research or ways to amplify future design work that I do, which is really good. Mm-hmm. And of course, I'm like so excited about having these this like expanded network of people whose <laughs> work that I'm gonna definitely keep abreast of and, you know, continually be inspired by. Yeah. Yeah, I would say um, for those people who are curious to find one way of networking people is definitely start a project and don't Absolutely. To <laughs> reach out people as many. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Would you do anything different? Like having, I would say, having the lessons that you've learned now and mm. say if you got another opportunity to mm, produce another set like publication Mm -hmm. would you continue this project or would there be something else in the works I think for me scent has sort of finished the gathering of ideas for now Mm -hmm. and I see that project as kind of being out in the world as its own thing and so in terms of scent my main objectives now is to sort of just share it with people and make people more aware of it and just invite people into the box of ideas but I think what I'm going to do now is sort of pivot and I'd really like to do some design work. So I'm currently working on uh, designing some little sort of bowls, I guess you could call them, uh, <laughs> which will be made out of 100% post-consumer plastic. And I'm working quite closely with a, a recycling company in Sydney called Defy Design. Mm. And so I think, you know, it's completely different, but I'm, I'd love that. That's what we're doing now. Yeah. Mm, yeah I'm looking forward to seeing how it goes because I, I think sometimes like even though we'd like to keep doing what we're good at I think there's something also very powerful as to pause or perhaps like say thank you while finishing on a high oh totally well. you gotta get out on your head yeah you don't want to burn yourself out and I think what no. you've done is a really 
wise decision, I would say, <laughs> to know Thank what you. to pause. So I'm very excited to see where you're heading Thank next. you. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm so excited. So that's, you know, going to take up quite a bit of time this year, but it's something I'm really excited about. I'm very keen to learn the recycling processes and how we can reuse some of this garbage that we're constantly making. To round up, do you have any message you'd like to share per se, um, as in like for those who are interested in doing something very similar to you mm-hmm. um, or like who are interested in, I guess, curating this wide network event? Do you have any lessons you'd like to share with people? I would say that you just have to literally do it and mm-hmm. just just start sending emails and the only way is through I think that when you're doing something at this scale, there's no like shortcut to making meaningful connections with a bunch of people or getting lots of people to make good work. You just have to literally take the time, but most of all, you just have to start mm. and it's so daunting. But just <laughs> like, just do it and, and then it will be fine. Yeah, I agree. I think also, I would also like to add is like have a bit of optimism and True. I guess um, oh, yeah. Yeah, be hopeful about where it will go and it will definitely take you to places that you don't expect yourself to be in. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah thank you so much again for agreeing to hop on and allowing me no. to ask you about all this project because this has been a really fun one to watch it thank grow you. and grow from afar thank you so much for having me great <laughs> no worries uh, before we go could I please get you to share your media handles just of out course. in the space Thanks. yes so my Instagram handle is at Sophie Lanigan, L-A-N-I-G-A-N, with an underscore at the end, so at Sophie Lanigan underscore. Mm-hmm. And then LinkedIn is just my name, and my website is www.sophielanigan.com. And actually, you can buy a copy of Scent on the website if you want. Perfect. I'll leave those in the cards, as always, in the notes. Thank you. And for us, our Instagram is Arcanist in Making, which is all in one word. And as much as I don't like to say this, but please do give us a bit of a rating on, on Spotify and iTunes. Um, at least three would be lovely. And then we can mm. hopefully pop into other people's libraries and recommendations. But in the meantime, please stay safe and take care. And we'll see you for another episode. Bye. Bye.